Today is two days after Prabhupada's disappearance day, and we uh, began discussing morning class on his disappearance day. Then yesterday we also discussed, we also gave two other classes on his disappearance, short offerings, and then uh, I thought today we could also do something. And I had mentioned in another class there's a poem Prabhupada wrote called Viraha Ashtakam, eight stanzas of separation. So I, I wanted to read that and discuss that as part of today's class uh, and show the mood of the Vaishnava uh, is, is um, although we say we say Vani is most important and Prabhupada said he, he's always associating with the spiritual master, he always feels his presence. At the same time, I wanted to show that Prabhupada was also feeling deep separation. And, and one of the ways Prabhupada alleviated that separation was by spreading the mission of Srila Bhakti Siddhartha around the world, by which he said, I always felt that he was with me. So I think that's, that's the conclusion. Uh, separation is, excuse me, separation is relieved through cleaning my lens. Separation is relieved through gaining the association through hearing and through service. That's the, I think that would be the conclusion of today's class. So, we can um, begin by chanting, and then as we wait for everyone to arrive, we will then begin class after chanting. I was, uh, I'm giving uh, lots of classes this weekend on Japa and other topics. You can look on Facebook and see. And um, I'm busy preparing, which is why I was a little late. If ever I'm late, it's just because I'm studying. I study in the morning and <laughs> I don't want to stop, actually. That's the real reason. Oh, I'm giving class. I have, I have to stop. I don't want to stop. So um, we have special. We have special um, for you today. We have an orchestra with us to accompany us. So let's see how they sound. Jirava Madhava Kunjavi Hari Radha Madhava Kunjavi Gopi Janabalabha Jeevara Dhari Gopi Janabalabha Jeevara Dhari Jasaudanana Vajjanaranjana 
That is that song is a description of Vrindavan and it is a description of the loving affairs of Radha and Krishna, which we are trying to understand and we are trying to enter into. And by singing that song 
we can forget about all our problems and enter in Vrindavan. I know some of you like to think about your problems. That kind of gives you some strange kind of comfort. But at least when we chant Jai Radha Madhava, you can forget them. And maybe after we finish singing, you may want to still forget them. You actually may want to send them your problems to the moon. You can just put them in a spaceship in your mind, send them to the moon, and then they're gone. It's amazing how problems can go when nothing external changes and only something internal changes, isn't it? Like sometimes Kirtan solves so many problems, that at least what we thought were problems. So welcome to all of you in Hare Krishna. Yeah. <laughs> I now carry an orchestra with me. We don't need people anymore. People are just problems. All the people I need are in my keyboard. I don't have to deal with their minds. I don't have to deal with their opinions. I don't have to deal with them coming late. I don't have to deal with them coming tired. I don't have to deal with them making mistakes. A world without people, it's, um, it would be fantastic. Actually, of course, you know I'm joking. Uh, this morning I was studying many, many things that Prabhupada said in our Shastra says about association, and it's amazing. Yeah. And the conclusion of what it's saying is, basically, without association, we can't be Krishna conscious. We desperately need it. It's, it's the most vital thing. So even though sometimes people are difficult to deal with, devotees' association is vitally important. Without it, we can't be Krishna conscious. So actually, truthfully, I like doing kirtan with people better than my keyboard. But it costs a lot more to get an orchestra. It takes a lot more practice. So there are benefits of both. Okay, so... <laughs> so I have different orchestras. <laughs> we can play different orchestras every morning. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, and for those of you who didn't come earlier, we are going to read prayers from Prabhupada in which he's expressing his separation from his spiritual master. And as I was saying, that the Prabhupada told us that separation is actually better, he was always with his spiritual master, but still that sentiment of separation, it's always there and it nourishes bhakti. And so even though these prayers may be painful to hear, Prabhupada is nourishing his bhakti in separation because in separation, you're meditating on the person you're separated from. And in, in every morning when we chant Gayatri, we, uh, those of you who have Gayatri, we meditate on our guru. That's one of the lines of Gayatri. Two lines of Gayatri is the meditation on your guru. So then, of course, I meditate on Srila Prabhupada. And um, by meditating on Srila Prabhupada, it, what can I say? It's just... It's perfect, and it's purifying, and it's amazing. So separation causes the devotee to meditate on the person that they're feeling separation from. And by thinking of a devotee, even even not your spiritual master, but just by meditating on, meditating on any devotee, it's purifying. Meditating on your spiritual master is purifying. Meditating on Prabhupada, of course, ultimately purifying. So separation causes that meditation. So that's... And, and then 
that meditation causes bliss. So the pain causes meditation, and the meditation causes bliss. So there's this cycle of pain and pleasure. So I just wanted to give that um, little, what's the word I'm looking for? The little um, uh, introduction. It's another word I'm looking for, which I can't think of. So we'll use introduction. Give you that little introduction before we read this. So this is called Viraha Ashtaka. And this is the first octet entitled The Flood of Krishna Prema. So this is Prabhupada speaking to his spiritual master, and he addresses his spiritual master as Srila Prabhupada. Well, Srila Prabhupada, you personally suffer to see the suffering of the fallen souls. On this anniversary of your separation, I'm utterly despondent. I'm going to read slow so you can meditate on this. Okay, let me explain. Why is he despondent? Because he's despondent because the Gaudiyamat did not become what Srila Bhakti Siddhanta had wanted or envisioned. And so Prabhupada is saying, you suffer to see the suffering of the fallen souls, and so many fallen souls are suffering because the preaching has diminished. And therefore, knowing that you wanted to save the fallen souls, I'm despondent in seeing how your mission could not do it to the level that you intended it to, to do, or it was doing in your presence. This becomes the theme of these asikas. The ocean of mercy was previously held back by a dam, but Lord Nityananda personally cut a channel in it and thereby released the outpouring flood of pure ecstatic love of God. Those devotees to whom the responsibility was given to continue spreading the flood of love somehow became overpowered by maya and were thus reduced to simply performing ritualistic Hindu ceremonies for the benefit of the materialist. He's, he's referring to any anyone in the Gaudiyamat who, who became more concerned about their how they'll live and opening a temple which would then maintain them. They have a place to live, they have prasadam, they show the deity that people will give money. That's what he's referring to. Lord Nityananda's inundation of prema was thus completely stopped by those known as Jati Goshai, Kasko Swamis. But then you personally came, O Master, to open wide the floodgates once again. So the these Kasko Swamis say only those born in Brahmin families have a right to become Brahmins, have access to deity worship and so forth, chanting of mantras. And so Srila Bhakti Siddhanta came, as did Mahaprabhu and did not follow that, but gave Krishna consciousness to everybody. Again, you engulfed everyone in the deluge of pure divine love, even such a low, wretched, fallen, and sinful soul as myself. On the strength of Lord Chaitanya's command, you sent all of your servants as spiritual masters, going from door to door, just to deliver the fallen soul. So this Prabhupada's building, us, building up this theme of how successful the preaching was in the presence of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, how he ignited this wave of preaching, basically from very little or nothing, and how it swelled 
and started engulfing all of India. The devotees were enthusiastically preaching everywhere, from the oceans to the Himalaya mountains. But now that you have gone from our midst, everything today has become very dark. O Srila Prabhupada, you personally suffer to see the suffering of the fallen conditioned souls on this day of your separation. I am utterly despondent. So this is um this is important because important for many reasons. This is something that we as Srila Prabhupada's disciples also went through uh, during Prabhupada's time and Krishna consciousness was expanding very rapidly. And for the first few years after Prabhupada left, it was also expanding rapidly. But then we started to run into difficulties that um, we had not imagined we would ever face uh, when Prabhupada was present with us. And these difficulties severely affected the movement. And the movement hit a point for the first time I don't know, maybe it was 1983 or so, it hit a point for the first time where it wasn't expanding anymore. It was contracting. People were leaving. Some of the leaders had given up their their positions. Some were not able to follow the principles, etc. And so we had never seen this before. And that continued to traumatize this gun in the 80s. Most of the 80s was extremely difficult. And um, we were in a similar situation. We're, we're, we were feeling, see, the thing is, you, you obviously you feel the separation of your spiritual master when he leaves. But if the work that he was doing falls apart, then the separation is intensified because it's like it's pervasive. It's all around you. This is, this is what he did, and now you see people are not following it. They're not, they're not doing what he did when he was present. You don't have the same organization. It's different. It changed. The culture changed. Um, people are weak. People are fighting. They're factions. So this is what Prabhupada is talking about. And, and, and the mood is that you, your heart breaks to see the conditioned souls suffering, and now your movement can't, is not carrying out that compassion as forcefully as when you were here. And so Prabhupada's saying it's breaking my heart to see what's happening, basically, as well, knowing the heart of his guru. So here we see, we see Prabhupada really feeling the heart of his spiritual master and feeling the pain of his spiritual master. Now, this is a heavy, heavy thing to say, but I'm just repeating what Prabhupada said. He said um, that his spiritual master left the world untimely because he was frustrated. with what was going on with his disciples. Uh, apparently frustrated that they had become too concerned about the material side of life and maybe somewhat ambitious, uh, not cooperating as well as he would like. Uh, I, I'm not the right person to ask. That's only a, a guess from a distance. But um, Prabhupada didn't explain why. We understand that afterwards there were problems. Perhaps Srila Bhaktisiddhanta foresaw those problems and was frustrated and felt there was nothing more he could do. Uh, we, we, 
it's it seems to be clear that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta knew that Prabhupada would do this. So in that sense, his leaving, quote unquote, untimely was not untimely because Bhakti Siddhanta early on said, Prabhupada will do in the course of time he will he will do everything. He knew. So his leaving, you know, he left many advanced senior devotees who have remained in Krishna consciousness their whole lives, who preached according to what they could do in in the situation in the aftermath of the fractioning of the Gaudiamat. And but none of them went to the West until after Prabhupada had done it. So Prabhupada is, you know, definitely Prabhupada was was concerned that he was the only one that came to the West. He definitely wanted God brothers to come, and he definitely wanted God brothers to work together, and he was trying to do that, but it didn't happen. So these things pained him, and the more you the more you know the heart of your spiritual master, the more you want to fulfill it. And so, as I was saying at the beginning of class. When you see a problem in the organization of your spiritual master, in this case in, in Iskand, Srila Prabhupada, or even in the in the preaching work of your spiritual master, and you know what he wants, or in the case of, of some spiritual masters have left, and you know what he preached, he know you know what he wants you to represent, you know the programs he wanted to enact or maintain. You become closer to your spiritual master by doing that, by serving that mission. And I and that's why Prabhupada said, even though we're reading this, he said he always felt his spiritual master with him. Now Prabhupada has started Iskan, he's executing, he's he's solving this problem of the Gaudiamat. You can say you can say like that, that, that Prabhupada was the solution to the Gaudiamat because he did what the Gaudiamat was supposed to do. So if they're not gonna do it, I'll do it. I can please my spiritual master. Now I don't have to lament and say, oh, Guru Maharaj, the preaching that you wanted all over the world stopped. This was written, I think, in 56 or 59. Let me see if we can find. 58. This was written in 1958. And so not much was going on with Prabhupada in India. As you know, his attempts were not very profitable successful. Not much came of it. Fortunately for us, not much came of it. There was nothing to keep him in India. And so this was before Prabhupada was successful. But but this is this is how we relieve the feelings of separation from our spiritual master. We serve his mission. We we know his heart and we serve his mission to fulfill that desire in his heart. And that way we stay close to him. And that way we don't have to feel separation. Oh, you know, Prabhupada, your mission of ISKCON was so great when you were here and after you left, there are problems, it's not the same. So we, we work to make it even better than when Prabhupada was here. And then we feel, no, now I feel your presence. I feel your teachings are, are a center stage in ISKCON and devotees are following your teachings and devotees are connecting with you. You are alive and well and present in ISKCON. That relieves the separation because... Now when we see Prabhupada everywhere in ISKCON, in the center being worshipped every morning, his books being distributed, it, in his instructions being honored, his books being read, the more we see that, the more we feel, yes, Prabhupada is here. 
And the more you as second generation will feel, yes, I have a connection with Prabhupada. In the, um, in the early days after Prabhupada left, there was a lot of confusion about what position should the people, the devotees who are, are following now Prabhupada in taking disciples, what position should they have as gurus? What should be their profile? And so some devotees were saying, well, Prabhupada's the Acharya, so whatever he did, you should do. And so, you know, you should have your own rooms, your own cooks, your own Vyasasan, you should give class every day. You should, you know, you should be the, the buck stops with you, you make all the decisions. And it was, you know, some people say it was, it was a conscious decision made out of ambition. And that's not the way I saw it at all. I mean, I was there, working very closely with one of them. And I think we could say there was some, some ambition, perhaps, subconscious ambition or maybe more conscious ambition. But for the most part, it wasn't. That wasn't the motive. They, they actually thought, well, this is the way Prabhupada showed us to be guru, so we should do the same thing. And so the problem with that, well, of course, there were many problems, but one problem with that, which I want to discuss here in relation to this topic, was it, it was as if these, were, these 11 were now 11 mini Prabhupads. And so Prabhupada kind of got, okay, the Prabhupada era is over. Now we have the 11. They're his disciples. They represent him. So our our focus, our honor, our dedication will go to them. And even some of them wanted that from their godbrothers or even in some ways forced it or intimidated, intimidated them into it, feeling, well, now Prabhupada appointed us, so we're the ones. This is how you get to Prabhupada. Even though he's your guru, you get to him through me. So there were all kinds of aberrations due to ignorance due to some of the gurus being pushed to do that and they didn't want to do that some gurus who maybe were innocent but once they were convinced by their other god brothers that actually you're one of the 11 pure devotees that Prabhupada chose they started feeling special because that was the idea these 11 were pure devotees nobody else was just them and so you could imagine the problems that created and so at that time Devotees who were joining were saying, and you may have heard this, and you may have also felt this, and this is not good, and we have to remedy this if you feel this way. And I'm always trying to remedy this problem. They would say, I don't know Prabhupada. I only know my spiritual master. I never met Prabhupada. I don't have any relationship with him, but I have relationship with my spiritual master. That statement is the symptom of the biggest problem in ISKCON, that a disciple says, I don't feel connected to Prabhupada. I don't have a relationship with Prabhupada. I only have a relationship with my spiritual master. If that's the, that's the case, we have no future. We have no unified movement. We'll, we'll just end up with a hundred movements, if that's the case. And no, but you should know Prabhupada and you should have a relationship, especially for those of you who are going to take any kind of leadership position, that's, that's first and foremost essential that you establish a very strong relationship with Prabhupada. Prabhupada's everyone's guru. He's the guru of your guru. He's the guru of the guru of the next generation of gurus. And so at this time in ISKCON, we 
Our feelings of separation from Prabhupada were exacerbated tremendously by the fact that Prabhupada was being sidelined and the present gurus were the replacement Prabhupads. And it was very painful to see it. Now, some devotees thought this was how it should be. Some devotees didn't really know how it should be because we had no experience. Some devotees definitely knew this is not how it should be. And in my case, because this was all so new, all I could say is it felt especially, it just felt wrong. I couldn't articulate it exactly. It, it, you know, the words were there, but because people were saying other things, I didn't have confidence in what I was thinking, but I could definitely tell you what I was feeling. And only thing I can say, the best way to say it was, this doesn't feel right. Something is wrong. I remember when in our zone, the guru you know, came back from Mayapur and said, well, we're going to begin initiating. And so they built a Vyasasana. And it was like an inch or two or three below Prabhupada's and, and is in every other way as big. And then he was being worshipped a Guru Puja every day. And we were chanting his name, Jai So-and-so. So all the same things we did for Prabhupada. And I was observing this. And this was, it was sending shocks through my system. I just it was like, no, this is not happening, is it? I, I'm not seeing this, am I? This is a nightmare, right? I'm, not, I'm actually just sleeping. That's what it felt like. I couldn't put it into words at that point why this felt so wrong, but it, it was just like, no, you're not supposed to do that. That's Prabhupada's position. And so because they did that, inadvertently, their disciples just never made a deep connection with Prabhupada or as deep as it should be. Oh, I can't say all of the disciples. Some of the disciples had very close relationships with Prabhupada disciples uh, that they had a lot of faith in. And I think for them, probably, they were cultivating a relationship, a little bit of a relationship with Prabhupada, more so than others. But that was, that was a common thing. I can't say everybody felt that way, but it was common for devotees to say that. And if you have ever thought that, or have you ever said that, just know that is our nemesis in ISKCON. That is a problem. You, shouldn't, you should be cultivating your relationship with Prabhupada, and Prabhupada should be center stage in everything within our movement. So that was the separation we were feeling. It was a disaster. We already lost Prabhupada, and then we're watching um, our godbrothers take his position and then alienating godbrothers, and so godbrothers start leaving because they feel like this is not right. And um, the disciples are thinking, why are you doubting my godbrother, my spiritual master? So it created a very awkward situation. So that's what we mean by keeping Prabhupada in the center. He's the acharya, and we're all little gurus helping him. We're all little, we're managing little rooms on his boat, and he's the captain. And we all have our rooms with our uh, temples, or our zones, or our disciples, and we're managing them. And Prabhupada, he's managing everything. So that gives you some context for this. And I want to continue reading. I'm, I'm looking, I'm not looking at your comments. Not because I don't love you, but because I have my Word document open and that's what I was looking at. So let's read a little more. Just as Advaita Prabhu had prayed fervently and thus in 
induced Sri Gauranga to descend. So did your father, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, pray for you to incarnate. Due to Bhaktivinoda's eagerness, O Master, you came and proclaimed to everyone that India is the most holy land of the Lord's divine pastimes. When it was taken birth in this land of Bharata Bhumi, India should first make his own life successful and then work for the benefit of all other people. Chaitanya Chaitamrita, Adi Lila 941. This is the most significant message of Lord Chaitanya that you boldly preached everywhere. But now, in your absence, O Master, everything has fallen into darkness. The overflowing ocean of your compassion has once again been dammed up. This makes me feel as if a great spear of great misery has indeed pierced my heart. So we can, we can say, I think we can rightly conclude, that this separation and the realizations and the feelings that are being expressed here by Prabhupada were powerful inspirations and motivations for him, not only to come to America, but to withstand everything he had to withstand. Because there was every reason Prabhupada would fail. There was no reason, there was no material reason that made any sense for him to come and try to do what he was doing. There was no, there was no success in sight, at least from the material position. And then when he came and he started, we all know how difficult it was in the beginning of that first year. And it was always difficult. It never was easy, but those first that first year or two, extremely difficult. So we can understand that at least partially this this mood was what enabled Prabhupada to push on, despite all the difficulties, to tolerate what he had to tolerate. It's just this in, this intense feeling of separation and intense desire to fulfill the mission of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, specifically the mission to preach in the West, because nobody was doing it. And you could imagine you know, when Prabhupada's having difficulty, he must have been thinking, if I don't do this, it's not going to happen. There's no, at least there's no assurance that if I don't do this, anyone will. Anyone will try, or no assurance that if I don't tolerate and just keep pushing on and not giving up, that anyone would be able to do this. Would, would even have the, the, the mindset to come to the West and associate with these people. So, Again, it's the same point. Now, when you see problems in ISKCON, let those problems become your impetus to make it better, to make it more in line with what Prabhupada wanted, to make it a better place so that you're more inspired to be part of ISKCON and you're more inspired to bring people to ISKCON. And so when you see problems, don't get discouraged, but think, what can I do to help the problem? Maybe you can't do anything, but maybe you can find someone who can do something. Don't just become discouraged. Don't just complain about it. But let's be in this mood that Prabhupada had. Okay, it's disturbing. I'm feeling the pain. But let that be my impetus to do something about it. The spirit souls have once again been captured by Maya and plunged into absolute darkness, desperately searching for relief they are simply perishing in a fathomless ocean of anxiety. Oh, Srila Prabhupada, you personally suffer to see the suffering of the fallen conditioned souls. 
On this day of your separation, I am utterly despondent. Third octet, practical chanting and preaching. You instructed everyone you met to chant the holy name of Lord Krishna. You showered, excuse me, you showed the example of continually reciting the Maha Mantra into their ears. You empowered everyone with a qualification to further distribute that holy name. But now, by the influence of Maya, there is only darkness on all sides. The souls who are truly attached to worshiping the Lord always sing and dance in joyful Sankirtan. Following in the footsteps of their spiritual master, they deliver the whole world. But those who have no such qualification perform nirjan bhajan, or so-called confidential worship, in a solitary place. Thus acting whimsically, all of them actually remain absorbed in personal sense gratification. So this is something that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta had talked about and spoken against, the, the solitary bhajan. He always spoke about compassion going out and sharing, and that, that is what the real devotees do. They distribute the holy name and transcendental knowledge, and they don't engage in bhajan for their own personal pleasure. And, you know, if someone is chanting Hare Krishna, we say, well, that's good, and who could be engaged in their personal bhajan all day unless they're advanced, unless they have a taste? And that's true, but it wasn't approved of by Bhaktisiddhanta. And sometimes he said it's not always because they're advanced, it's just it's, it's, they have some taste, but they're doing it just for themselves. And that's not Vaishnavism. So it's, it resembles a, a form of materialism. It's, it's about me. I like doing this. Let, let others suffer, but I will enjoy uh, chanting Hare Krishna. That was never his mood. So that's what Prabhupada's addressing here. And he, preached very, he preached against this. It was a theme, for sure. As stated in the Bhagavatam 10.33.30, an ordinary soul should never imitate the activities of the Supreme Lord, even in his mind. According to these instructions in devotional service, the unqualified imitators are ruined. So there were many outside of Gaudiamat uh, that were imitators for the adoration of the public. That's what this is referring to. It, it, it happened inside, and he disapproved of it inside, but especially outside inside of Godimatha, especially outside, it was quite common. You preached utility is the principle. That is, one should act without attachment and use anything that is deemed appropriate in the devotional service of the Lord. In such detached devotional service to the Lord, there would be a temple established in every house. But now just the opposite situation is apparent everywhere. O Srila Prabhupada, you personally suffer to see the suffering of the fallen conditioned souls. On this day of your separation, I am utterly deep despondent. So, mm, Prabhupada made an observation that in the name of renunciation, he saw that some of his godbrothers were reluctant, reticent to use certain methods material things in the service of Krishna. And he he found that to be problematic. 
for the preaching of Krishna consciousness, that if we are going to be successful, then we can't renounce something in the name of it's not good for our spiritual life or it's something material. But if it can be used in service, we have to use it. So he, he criticized the fact that some were more attached to maintaining a certain standard. I don't know if standard is the right word, but their personal standard of renunciation. And Prabhupada's indicating, no, a higher form of renunciation is that you would renounce your renunciation of things which you could use in Krishna service. So, no, I'm not going to use that. I renounce that. I don't want to get involved in all these affairs, uh, men, women, money, resources. I want to remain renounced. And, and so Prabhupada would say, you have to renounce that desire to renounce those things. That's a higher form of renunciation. So Prabhupada was critical of that. And, and he said that that's a misunderstanding of yukta vairagya. Yukta vairagya, or it's a higher, yukta vairagya is a higher principle, practical renunciation. You use it, but you're not attached to enjoying it. So he found that to be a fault. And that's why he's presenting this here. Fourth octet, the essential purport neglected. Oh. Okay. We're going deep here. Everything regarding material prosperity as well as mystic perfection is fully present in your transcendental message. Quote, because the residents of Braja have life, therefore they engage in preaching work. That's from the song called Dustamana by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta. Shadrashati Thakur. Hmm. Because the residents of Braja have life, therefore they engage in preaching work. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta said, one who has life he can preach. Conversely, one who's a dead man can't, or one who's not alive in Krishna consciousness will not preach. You can also say you come alive by preaching. So it works in many ways. The resolute intelligence, Vyavasatmika Buddhi, explained by Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti in his commentary to Bhagavad Gita, is now spoiled since your disciples have become ensnared in the bewildering noose of Maya. Uh, he, he may be referring to the former point, uh, or he may be referring to the other point we made in just just using devotional service as a means of livelihood, or just to live and, you know, do your sadhana and so forth. It's not that they weren't doing sadhana and they weren't strict devotees, but he felt that they had just not really connected with the mission of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta and had become deviated more by petty things. Those disciples who were irresolute in performing devotional service according to your instructions have now divided your mission in many factions. It appears that the tigress of ambition for material names and fame has appeared and personally provoked this upheaval. So now he's being very specific. The essential purport of your message obviously did not enter their ears. Oh, where will I get the strength to perform this Harinang Shankirtan? So... Prabhupada is expressing, and I don't, and I don't think we should use this to criticize or condemn any leader in ISKCON. The situation is much different. We, Prabhupada warned us of this, and generally in ISKCON, um, there is no room for personal ambition, or not much. It, it doesn't fare well. It gets rooted out, or the devotee themselves um, become weak. So. Uh, 
Prabhupada's pointing out that he, the thing we have to understand is he's not pointing this out about everyone in Gaudiamat. So don't ever make that mistake. He said, well, Prabhupada said in Gaudiamat there was personal ambition. But he's referring to here to two factions. And there were personal ambition behind the leaders of those two factions. And those two factions fought. They, they created two movements. And certainly, we could understand and easily assume that many other disciples in Gaudiamat felt the way Prabhupada felt about this. They saw what was happening. So don't assume it was all of them. No, it was some of them. That's what Prabhupada's referring to. Uh, they were ambitious, uh, Prabhupada said. Uh, some were ambitious to get the temples, to get the properties of Srila Bhakti Siddhartha and manage those properties for prestige's sake. So this is a warning to us. And we can see how um, upset Prabhupada is by, by having, to ha having to have witnessed this. And in a spiritual movement which is so pure, um, personal ambition is, is extremely toxic and it's 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 extremely miserable for us to to see it what to speak of engage in it ourselves it is it is what it is the most condemned most condemned to use the resources of iskon which are Prabhupada's resources for your own for your own livelihood or gratification but we're meant to give ourselves totally to iskon of course iskon will maintain us you're living in the temple or you're preaching uh, you may find maintenance that way, but that's not why you're doing it. You're doing it to serve the mission. Everyone has to be maintained. Every sannyasi is maintained through donations, but it's not like they're traveling and preaching to make money. Of course, we need money to live, but uh, that's not the ambition, and they're not doing it to become well-known and honored. They're doing it to help you and me and all conditioned souls. To chant the holy name of the Lord is the explicit command of my worshipful spiritual master. I could never honestly neglect that order. Your greatest acclaim is that you propagated the topmost religious culture. Anyone who accepts the holy name from you becomes spiritually qualified. If all those who attain this qualification were to go out and make disciples, then the miserable, conditioned souls would all be delivered from this world of birth and death. And Prabhupada, you know, once on a morning walk, Prabhupada said that there, the Shastric, Shastric injunction is you shouldn't make many disciples because you have to take their karma. In so many ways, you have to help them and take responsibility for them. And then Prabhupada said, but we are prepared to go to hell, so we will accept all these disciples. And so here Prabhupada is, is basically saying the same thing. You know, don't, don't live comfortably, but go out and make disciples. Of course, this could also mean siksha disciples. It doesn't have to mean diksha disciples, but the basic message is don't just try to live a comfortable life in Krishna consciousness, but, but make other people Krishna conscious. That's the message. That's the heart, uh, the compassionate heart of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, all the Vaishnavacharyas. But Specifically here, Prabhupada is referring to his spiritual master. This is the compassionate heart. Um, and I, uh, I have to enter that heart, compassionate heart, and do, do the bidding of the compassionate heart, so to speak. And, and we do the bidding of Prabhupada's compassionate heart. 
So we we inherit the compassionate heart. And then when you inherit that compassionate heart, you do austerities for the benefit of helping other people. You don't just think, how can I live a comfortable life in Krishna consciousness? Fifth octet. We're on number five. Um, I know you have so many things to say. So there's eight of these. Are you with me? Are you still awake? Should I sing another song? What should I do? Are you happy? Let me go see what you're saying. Maybe. Um, mm, yeah, it's always good to check out it. Yeah, okay, that's good. You didn't say much. You are all in... in uh, you are all in... Um, Ecstasy, right? Gerda, you in ecstasy now. Krishna Karshan, you in ecstasy. Victor, you in ecstasy. Gopinath, Sydney, Victoria, Ajanitai, Asish. Are you all in ecstasy? Shamanandini. Yeni, Sri Rup, Anuradha, Vijay Lakshmi, Shotirmai, Kishore Mani. Krishna Kanta, you're all in ecstasy, right? Listening to this, good. I just wanted to make sure you're all in ecstasy, so I'm going to go continue reading. Uh, hold on. If you have questions or comments, you could make them. Um, the greatest mantra of all, consisting of 32 letters, is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. People who are possessed by gross foolishness refuse to chant it. Your so-called disciple, the jackal named Ananta Basudeva, disobeyed your final instructions to keep the mission united and thereby created a scandalous fiasco. The result of this philosophical deviation is evident to this day as imitative sahajiyas are being worshipped as gurus in your temples. Whoa! Oh my God! Hare Krishna! This um, devotee represented one side of the faction. And for those of you who don't know the history, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta said, form a GVC. And the tradition was that the Acharya would, would always appoint the next Acharya. And Srila Bhakti Siddhanta said, you know, if there is going to be Acharya, you'll all notice him. He'll, it'll be, he'll be self-effulgent. But we have to manage with the GBC. And it's not, it's not a, Anyway, apparent that he he thought there wouldn't be many gurus; there would only be one. Maybe there would be one that seems to be special, uh, like the self-effulgent acharya that went to America and did everything. Like, hello, did you notice that? Uh, you didn't notice that, huh? Yeah, and that's why Prabhupada was saying, "Come work with me. You know, work with me." Hello, I did it, but Prabhupada was never saying. Hello, I'm the self-effulgent Acharya, but it's, it's obvious, at least to many. So, Bhaktisiddhanta wasn't saying that you all shouldn't become gurus, and that there wouldn't be a great Acharya, but you should form a GVC and work cooperatively that way. And the tradition, as I said, was the guru points an Acharya. So, Vasudev and uh, another uh, some disciples said, no, Vasudev should be the next Acharya. Some said, no, Tirthamar should be. So they created a faction. And I think later Vasudev uh, left Krishna consciousness, from what I know. And he was an amazing devotee and scholar. 
And then he, unfortunately, this happened. So now that he is gone, and Prabhupada is pointing out that, Prabhupada, is, you can see he's really upset, and he's pointing out here that this is the per, one of the main people whose fault it was that the Gaudiya fell, and now he's left, uh, uh, showing himself to be like a sahajiya and creating kind of a sahajiya mood in Gaudiya That's a heavy thing. Now, if we talk about this, it sounds offensive, and we we only talk about it in in the context that Prabhupada talked about it, which is don't do this. Here's the history. I want you to know the history, so don't do it. Don't be a sahajiya. Don't imitate pure bhakti. But follow your guru strictly. And um, work cooperatively under a GVC. That's what he wants. You know, you may look at the GVC and say, well, you know, not everything they do is always perfect, etc., etc. But it's what Prabhupada gave us, and this is what he wanted us to deal with. And, you know, things can be discussed, nothing's in stone. If you don't agree with something, you talk to your temple president and say, this doesn't make sense. What do you think? And, but ultimately, there has to be unity around an ultimate managing authority. Otherwise, where's the unity going to come from? And I always say, if we're unified and we fall in the ditch together, when we realize we fell in the ditch, at least we're all together so we can help one another get out. But if you fall in the ditch alone, then how are you going to get out? So I know that sounds funny. It's like, look what he's saying. The blind follow the blind. They all fall in the ditch. Um, but it, I don't think we can you know, ever minimize the fact that that's, in a sense, what Prabhupada wanted us to do. And he figured if we fall in the ditch enough times, we'll kind of figure out where the ditches are. <laughs> That's what it seems like. You know, he was willing to let us fail. Okay, you know, all of you together, you know, you will you will gradually understand things better. And that we see in Iskand that sometimes we don't understand things clearly in the beginning. Well, we then we discuss, we discuss, we discuss. It becomes more clear, and I think that's inevitably what has to happen. But but less and less as we become more Krishna conscious, will that be necessary? Is there a single temple to be found where your instructions are still being followed? As it is said, Punar Mushiko Baba, everyone has again become a mouse. Prabhupada's on fire here. He's so upset about what happened in the Gaudiya Mat. The lion's food has been stolen away by the deceptive tricks of the jackal. Now caught in Maya's mighty clutches, everyone is reduced to wailing and weeping. So Prabhupada had pointed out to us that if the preaching stops, then everything is finished. And so that, Prabhupada had many concerns about ISKCON. One of the concerns was that the preaching would stop. And that's what Prabhupada's talking about here. Or at least the preaching on the level that it was had stopped. So Prabhupada was, he was all about sharing Krishna consciousness. His whole life was dedicated to sharing Krishna consciousness. That's all he did. And that's all he asked us to do. And so it, it, Prabhupada's view of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, if if it's if the preaching stops, we all become Kanishta Bhaktas and we can't do much for the world. But if the preaching goes, then we're on the Madhyam platform. And on the Madhyam platform, the world will benefit and we will benefit.
Everyone will benefit, and we have to do this. O oh Master, if you are merciful to us once again, then even though we are entrapped here on the shores of the ocean of death, we will finally behold a change for the better. Then once again we can blissfully remember the holy name of Krishna, and once again we will have firm faith in your Baikunta messages. Once again you will make us dance in the pure holy name of Krishna, thus you will personally dispel all this confusion caused by Maya. So this is beautiful because this goes along with the theme that we were talking about, how Prabhupada got pushed out of the center and we want him in the center. And so Prabhupada's basically saying uh, they weren't following your instruction, so they lost your potency. And now if we can bring you back center, if your mercy will descend upon us, and change the mentality, and change things, then again, by your mercy, everything can be rectified. That's beautiful. That's important to understand. You know, by Prabhupada's mercy, whatever problems exist in ISKCON will be rectified. And we can pray for that mercy. And sometimes you see a problem you can't do anything about. Pray to Prabhupada. Say, Prabhupada, can you help? Can you do something? Can you help me? Can you help somebody? So this problem becomes solved. So this is the sixth octet entitled, The Preaching Mission is Scattered. Continue dancing, singing, and performing Sankirtan in the Association of Devotees. This is from Chaitanya Charitamrita 792. These words, spoken by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, are especially nectarine. If we have complete faith in these instructions given by you, our spiritual master, then in the performance of Sankirtan, actual love of Krishna will be aroused in us. Without love of God, our tiny intelligence only becomes entangled in the network of Maya's delusions. Because no one actually attained Preman, now there can be great upheaval in your mission. Well, so Prabhupada's making a point here um, that we need devotees who are very advanced to ensure that the mission is successful. Like the moons, the Prabhupada said. And in, in a context, in this context, and a general context, what does Prabhupada mean by advanced? Those who are dedicated to following the instructions of the spiritual master. If we have those devotees dedicated to Prabhupada's instructions, we'll be successful. That's the, that's the ultimate success formula. Um, the whole world has become filled with impersonalists, and the Vaishnavas have given up the work of preaching that was entrusted unto them and have simply gone off to perform solitary worship. So what Prabhupada's saying is if we're not preaching, then all these other organizations speaking Mayabad philosophy will prosper. And one time Prabhupada said, if, if they are growing and expanding, it's actually our fault because our preaching is not bold enough or wide enough to stop it. So, you know, you see there's so many teachers in the world that become so popular, spiritual teachers. And we look at them and they say, why is he so popular? It's probably because ISKCON is not speaking to that niche of people that they're speaking to. We're speaking to another niche. So we have to get out to all niches because you could say the success 
of this one, that guru, this guru, is is due to the failures of ISKCON to to reach those people and communicate in a language that those people can resonate with. So that's how Prabhupada wanted us to take it. He might say, well, I don't know if that's actually the fact. But that's the way Prabhupada wanted us to see it, that successive preaching will depend on us, our abilities, our strategies, and so forth. The Vaishnavas were famous as Patita Pavana, deliverers, deliverers of the fallen. But now this title has fallen into disgrace. Countless numbers of your disciples have been forced to leave your movement. Same thing happened in Iskand. Alienation, a few people took power, and it seemed that things were not going correctly and no one could say anything. One of the, if you ever become a leader, well, one great quality to have is the ability to listen to other people, listen to their complaints and their suggestions. And and uh, if you do that, things will go quite well. Um, but when you give people a voice, and if what they're saying is valid, and you, you engage them in trying to put implement solutions, resolutions, whatever is required to solve a problem, then uh, they'll be inspired. The Vaishnavas were famous as Petita Pavana, deliverers of the fallen, but now this title has fallen into disgrace. Countless numbers of your disciples have been forced to leave your movement. It happened in Iskan, and it's something that we all need to be aware of, why they leave, and when this generation of spiritual master leaves, it could be a problem. If if these things happened, oh, when Agro Marsh was here, it's like this. Not it's, now it's not like that. And this disciple is vying for position, etc., uh, etc. Et so th this is one of the the transition from a spiritual master leaving into what comes in the future is difficult. Of course, Iskan is a stable boat, so it's much easier. Um, and it was unique when Prabhupada left. We didn't have that stability and understanding that we have now. But still, it's always a potential problem. Disenfranchisement of disciples by other disciples who become leaders after the departure of their guru, or even during the time, but especially after. At such an auspicious time, O oh Master, what can be done to repair the damage that is done? The beautiful garden that you had so carefully planted is now parched and withered away. O Master, please awaken some good intelligence in the insignificant in this insignificant disciple of yours, so that my firm faith in your transcendental message may increase more and more. O Srila Prabhupada, you personally suffer to see the suffering of the fallen souls on this day of your separation. I am utterly despondent. So now Prabhupada is praying. Can I do something? Help this in here's the problem. Empower me to do something. So this is this is perfect. Prabhupada is not you know, it sounds like Prabhupada's discouraged, but now we can see that all of this is inspiring him. Okay, I have to do something. The house is on fire, let's go put it out. Not like the house is on fire, so let it burn down, but the house is on fire, we have to go put it out. Seventh octet. 
We're going to finish. I hope you're still with me. Which is interesting, isn't it? I don't know if any of you have read this, but there's so many parallels to what went on in ISKCON after Prabhupada left. The most magnanimous incarnation of Lord Sri Krishna, of the Lord, is Sri Krishna Chaitanya, distributing the process of attaining love of Godhead by chanting the holy names of Krishna. He thus blessed the entire universe. O Master, you are the personification of the transcendental message of Lord Chaitanya. You are the distributor of that message to every town and village. You sent your devotees to preach in the faraway lands of the Western countries. And you personally traveled all over India, even to the south. You preached You preached the pure philosophy of Lord Goranga in such a way that intelligent persons could understand. And you showed such great concern, O Master, in convincing all your adversaries. Lord Goranga used many tricks just to engage the conditioned souls in devotional service. And you have also understood how to use all those tricks perfectly well. This is Srila Bhakti Siddhanta was the first one who really, really ran with the Yukta Vairagya concept of utilizing material things, which traditionally sadhus and sannyasis didn't use. Uh, and his thinking was, if it can be used in the service of Krishna to further spread Krishna consciousness, why should you reject it? You understood time, place, and circumstance and utilized everything as a strategy for preaching, although observing your activities with their very eyes, those who are blind like owls and other creatures of the night could not see your true purpose. And some people criticized him for it. That's what Prabhupada's referring to. What will the owls and the sahajiyas and the other nonsense groups ever understand? And what will the sheep-like common people or dry logicians ever understand? O Srila Prabhupada, you personally suffer to see the suffering of the fallen conditioned souls. In this day of your separation, I am utterly despondent. Uh, so Prabhupada is referring to the fact that he was criticized within Gaudiamath, some devotees criticized, who were being influenced by ideas of the Sahajiyas, and the Sahajiyas were criticizing him. And Prabhupada saying, they'll never understand, and the common man will not understand. This is the eighth octet, if only you would come again. So this is, this is a sentiment I, that I think every disciple who is, whose spiritual master has departed thinks. Uh, I've had many dreams in which Prabhupada was back, and it was hard to make sense of the dream, but it's like, oh my God, Prabhupada came back. He's here again. Because that desire is so strong, and it, there's so much pain. Living Every day is painful living in the absence of your spiritual master. Although Krishna consciousness is blissful, there's a certain pain. It's just he's not here. It's just... It's not the same, and it's been 43 years. And for us, it's like those those first, my first seven years with Prabhupada were infinitely more special than the next 43, or, or excuse me, or, yeah, the, the years, the 43 without him, the first seven, uh, incomparable to the next, it's just so special. And so you always feel that. And that will be true with your spiritual master. If you have um, his association, you've been with him, 
You've heard from him. You've laughed with him. You've cried for him. You've served with him. It's hard. Now he's gone. And that's we're not going to hear his jokes anymore. We're not going to be able to meet him anymore. Uh, we're not going to get his direction on this project. We're not going to get the new project. Now start this. There's not going to be any more new books. He can't write anymore. You know, that's hard. Uh, so this is this this is Prabhupada's mood. If you could just come again, you would solve all these problems. We all felt that same way. A few years after Prabhupada left, we were just feeling if Prabhupada could just come, he'd solve this. And the situation, the reality of the situation we run into today is that there are things that need to be resolved. That, and we know if Prabhupada were here, it, it would be resolved in a matter of minutes. Sometimes a matter of yes, do it, no, don't do it. And we can go on for years or decades trying to resolve, resolve something that Prabhupada could resolve with one word. So you're the Prabhupada. <laughs> Is it okay if your female disciples initiate? Yes, it's okay. No, they shouldn't until they're liberated. Okay, it's solved. 20 years of discussion, 18 years of discussion, plus all the papers, the research, it was resolved. Yes, they can. No, they can't. So, you know, we feel that today. So, you know, we're talking about issues, and, you know, we're trying to resolve them, and we think we've resolved them, but then we hear someone disagrees, and it's a respectable senior devotee, and we think, oh, Prabhupada was just here. We wouldn't have this. This is so painful. So we live with that pain all the time. Prabhupada were just here, this wouldn't have happened. If Prabhupada were just here, he would have resolved us. If Prabhupada were here, he would have protected us from this. If Prabhupada were here, this temple would have been done. If Prabhupada were here, this would have been done. We, we live with that. It's a reality. You can't change it. All you can do is try to do those things that you feel would have been done if Prabhupada were here or would protect the movement from doing things Prabhupada would not have allowed. So let's read this. This again is entitled, If Only You Would Come Again. Good title for a song, right, Krishna Karshan? Lochitanya's method of devotional service is not performed in solitude. You preach this again and again to your own devotees. Just as the Lord delivered Jagai and Madhai out of his own causeless mercy, you explain to everyone that this same method of preaching work has to go on. The world has now filled up with many Jagais and Madais to deliver. Everyone is anxiously looking down the road, waiting for Chaitanya Nittai to come to their rescue. Wow. Prabhupada is saying, they're all waiting for you, devotees, dear devotees, they're all waiting for you to come out and get them. If, at such a time as this, you were personally you were to personally return to this world and once, once more preach about all these things the way you always used to do. If there were enthusiastic preaching activities again taking place in every direction, then all the people, as before, would be stirred up in blissful excitement. Your profound shouting would cause the demons and atheists to flee and your narrations of Lord Chaitanya's message would fill the hearts of the innocent souls. Again, the whole world would be excited 
bustling with good tidings, but as it is, in your absence now, there is nothing of value anywhere, O Srila Prabhupada. You personally suffer to see the suffering of the fallen conditioned souls on this day of your separation. I am utterly despondent. O Master, my heart is broken in your absence. This disciple named Abhai has hereby revealed only a small token of his wretched agony of separation. Hare Krishna. So, I think Prabhupada actually did what he was asking. Srila Bhakti Siddhartha to do. He said, if you would come back, then this would happen and that would happen. Srila Prabhupada brought Srila Bhakti Siddhanta to America. His presence was there with Prabhupada, and Prabhupada did all the things that he said were being done during the time of his spiritual master that had stopped. He again did it. And again, for the third or fourth time, it just underscores um, the principle that if you see a problem, then do something about it. That That is the way you will not only make the movement better, but better, but you will relieve your own feelings of separation. Ooh, when Prabhupada was here, it was, it was like this, it was like that. Well, let's make it like that now. Hare Krishna. So now I will go and see if you have questions. And uh, this is amazing, right? I'm, I'm sure a lot of you uh, uh, um, welcome Gopi Chantan. I'm sure most of you have not heard this prayer or maybe you haven't heard it in a long time. So now Krishna Karshani says, could you please give practical advice what an ordinary devotee who is disturbed by problems in ISKCON can do and not end up discouraged. Um, well, I did give that advice. Um, other advice I would give is don't meditate on the problems and help devotees who are facing those problems. Be their friend. Listen to them. Um, whatever you, Whoever you can talk to to solve the problem, talk to them. Say, we have this problem. I don't know what to do. Can you help? Or what should I do? Or, you know, I get all the time I get devotees writing me, what should we do in this situation? So don't become discouraged and do what you can and help the devotee not to become discouraged and help the devotee realize that, you know, we're humans and we have to try to work these things out and at least be a friend for them so they have good association. Uh, Krishna Karshani says you said ISKCON is not a place for personal ambition it seems we all have some ambition we want to fulfill how to make it in a healthy way to not cause disturbance um, you may have ambition to fulfill but I don't know if the word ambition is the best word you have needs to fulfill, correct? I once told a devotee that, you know, we have to satisfy our senses. But when we satisfy our senses, we're not satisfying it to enjoy our senses. We're satisfying to calm our senses or 
fulfill the needs of our senses so then we could focus on devotional service. So if you have needs or quote-unquote ambitions, but the goal of those needs or ambitions is to be able to engage sincerely and purely in Krishna consciousness, that's not really ambition in the strict sense of the word. Ambition means, I well, I've joined ISKCON, and now I can see if I get this position, then I'll have influence, I'll have control, I'll have power. In worst case scenario, even I'll be able to get some money. You know, Maybe I'll become a sannyasi, people will give me money. Become a guru, people will give me money. So then now that becomes a problem. I'll get possession of this project. If I, if I just get this position, people will listen to me, then I can control, I'll have more control. That's the problem. Um, so Marco quotes Bhakti Siddhanta. The best Bhajananandi is a Gostanan. Bhajananandi is the ones who don't go out. But the best Gostanandi is a Bhajananandi who preaches. Yeah, because it's a balance. Um, a balance. You do your Bhajan and then you go out and share your Bhajan with the world. Sydney says, if we love Prabhupada, we won't give up. I have only known of him since April. I love him so very much. Thank you. Already grows more every day. Fantastic. That's so nice to hear. Thank you, Sydney. Uh, Jyotir Mai says, I completely agree what Prabhupada says, but the point is that what other guru says, ex set guru, who is very, except set guru, is. What, but what other guru say, except Sadhguru is very popular, it's so simple, so easy to do, just tells everyone that doing well and keep on doing is possible with some yoga. Well, Chaitanya said that one of thousands will follow. Yeah, that, that's also there. You have both things going on. You want to try to make Krishna consciousness um, practicable to everyone as far as possible, understandable to everyone as far as possible. But sometimes it's not possible, so we give prasadam, we give kirtan. We give some service. So that's the idea. We can't expect everyone will follow. So there is a little bit of that I'm okay, you're okay idea in the fact that someone may like Krishna consciousness, but they can't follow everything. So we have to say, okay, that's okay. Do what you can do. Um, if we're going to en engulf more of the world in Krishna consciousness, if you just want to make initiated devotees, yeah, they're going to be very small numbers, but that's not really Prabhupada's vision. It's everybody. So once you start thinking how to make everyone Krishna conscious, then you realize there'll be so much accommodation necessary. Krishna Karshanis. You said Prabhupada did want us to stop, did not... Uh, I want to stop preaching. My concern is that if devotees and community are discouraged, should we not first focus on devotees and make them happy and inspired and then preach to non-devotees? should do both because preaching will also inspire them. It seems that the, right now ISKCON should focus That's a long one. This is a book. Uh, Right now, ISKCON should focus more on our own devotees because I notice we're so busy preaching, at the same time we're losing those who already took up Krishna consciousness. I strongly believe that if ISKCON devotees would be happy and inspired, yeah. 
It's true. Well, when Prabhupada was here, we had this problem also, and he—that's why he said he he said boil the milk. By boil the milk, he meant strengthen our devotees. But he never he never felt that stopping the preaching is the solution. He just felt there 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 wasn't enough emphasis on taking care of devotees and training devotees. But preaching is also necessary as a part of it's not just for the non-devotees; it's also for our own purification. So. What you say is true. Prabhupada himself said it, but um, he never said stop the preaching. It was always more about get your foundations stronger so that you can go out and share. Because obviously, if, if we're not happy, we're not going to be good representatives. Here's, a, here's an appetizer. See if you like it. Do you eat it? No, I don't like it. Why would they want to take it? And they'll, and they'll ask us, do you like chanting Hare Krishna? And we'll say, yeah, I love it. It's fantastic. And they'll look at you and go, it doesn't look like you love it. So if you love it, other people will love it. If you love Krishna, others will. And if you don't, you're going to have a hard time convincing them. So I think that, of course, is an essential aspect of sharing Krishna consciousness. So they, they really go together. They're holistic. It's just, if it gets out of balance and devotees are not well taken care of, then uh, as you say, it creates problems, and people leave. Sydney says, Prabhupada gave us all we need in his books and teachings and example. In this way, he is very much here. Yes. Well, this is testimony, Sydney, that Prabhupada is very much more in ISKCON now than he was 30 years ago. So we're happy to hear that you have that connection. Christina says, I also think it's very important to remember that in our discouragement, we may discourage others too. <laughs> That's true. That may be a focus to try to keep the inspiration because always some devotee goes after our, our example. Well, Prabhupada has written me and other devotees to encourage devotees. And so um, it's also a privilege to be in a position where you have to encourage devotees because. If your service is to encourage devotees, you have to encourage yourself so you can encourage them. And like you're saying, Christina, if you don't encourage yourself, then inadvertently you may discourage other devotees. So that point is well taken. Krishnakanta says, as you suggested on the other day, I'm watching the memories of Srila Prabhupada from the devotees and my love and attachment for Prabhupada is increasing a lot. I also find it very fun. I laugh and cry a lot. Fantastic. Okay, so Krishna Kanta is reminding us that I had mentioned the other day that it's seriously important to listen to the Prabhupada memories to really understand Prabhupada in his heart and connect with him. And she started doing it, and she's proof it does work. It's very powerful. It's, and, it's, and I think Krishna Kanta, as you can tell, it's a different experience from reading Prabhupada's books. It's a whole other side. It's a personal side of the author. It's the personal side of the founder Acharya. You know, and this is like in real life. What is a guru? What does he do? Because you have the position of guru and you have the person of guru. And so the position is like a generic position: Sakshadhari, Tvainasamasta Shastri, the representative of Krishna. He should be honored, etc. There's an etiquette there. Then you have the person who manifests the qualities of a pure devotee, and you get to see that and study that and understand that. And Prabhupada, you know, may give this lecture where he's 
he's very fired up, almost sometimes yelling, we've seen, to help people understand, to break through their ignorance. But then you see him as personal side, and it's different. Soft, funny, and so forth. Sarcastic sometimes. Sometimes he'd call his sister the fat one. He had a disciple. He also called him the fat one. Instead of calling him by his name, he would tell the servant, go get the fat one. So, you know, I think it also helps us understand that Krishna consciousness is not stereotyped and the position of the guru is not stereotyped. But what you see in whatever Prabhupada was doing, you see that behind it is 100% dedication to Krishna and his spiritual master. And you really, you really get inspired by that. We talked about that in class yesterday. That, that why uh, Krishna Krishna, you should see the class if you didn't, the, the Russian class, because you always say that, oh, you Prabhupada disciples, you're so much more surrendered than we are. And I explained, I explained why. But I think you could also, if you, if you learn enough about Prabhupada, I think you can also, you will also feel like giving everything to Prabhupada. But I explained that. And, and to sum it up, uh, as Yogeshwar Prabhu said, how could you not give your life when you were living and seeing someone who was giving their life to Krishna? You know, what, what he was saying, people ask us, you know, or they look at us and think, you, you Prabhupada disciples, you're like different. Maybe we're weird, but you're different. You're, you're you know, you're like, so it seems like you're so strict and you're so dedicated and so you can put so many words after the so that we are and he explained that said he said well what you don't understand is if you if you could be with Prabhupada, then you would understand why we're like this because we saw someone who had prema we saw someone who was fully dedicated and surrendered and if you saw that you'd be that way too so i like that and so we talked about that in class Uh, yesterday's class, oh, link, oh, there's a, no, no, Christina and everyone, um, just Google Prabhupada's memories. And there are excerpts, some, there's some places on the internet you'll get the whole, the whole thing, it's like an hour and a half, and some you'll just get little excerpts from those, but Google Prabhupada's memories and uh, see what comes up. And it's just it will deeply increase your connection to Prabhupada, and it will help you understand much better the movement that you're part of. And which is really important, as you become a senior devotee, you will naturally guide younger devotees, and you really, you really need to be synced up with what Iskon is and what Prabhupada's mission is. It's super important. Okay, it's nine thirty-one. We did it in time, and we read the whole Astakam, and that was amazing. Maybe we'll read it every year on Prabhupada's disappearance. Wow. How? Let us relieve Prabhupada's... Um, Pishima means aunt, yeah. And uh, let us relieve Prabhupada's feelings of separation by making ISKCON the movement that he he had lived, make it, making it the movement that the Gaudiya Math was supposed to be. And Prabhupada will be so pleased with you.
Um, and the movie also. The movie is now on Amazon. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch the movie for free. But otherwise, it's called um, Hare Krishna, the mantra, the movement, and the guru who started it, something like that. Now available on Amazon.com. And also, we're doing a mantra retreat starts tonight. It's only for men. Um, if you're a lady and want to attend, um, they are. They do have women retreats and sadhvi sangha and so forth. But this is something only for men. And it's going to go three days and it will all be on Zoom. And if you go to mantraretreat.org, mantraretreat, that's mantraretreat.org. Go there now. And you can get all the details. And in order to attend, you can't just go on, but you actually have to register. And if you like, you can also offer a donation. They would appreciate that. And this is a retreat that they do live. Uh, they've done it live, I think, for the last two years or three years. I think two years, and this is going to be the third year, but this is the first Zoom retreat. So it's just for men. Man issues, man stuff. And there'll be kirtans. Yadonath's going to be doing some comedy. And then uh, different senior devotees are going to be talking about different topics. So um, there you go. All right. If someone can, can Google mantraretreat.org, they could put that up there also. And so all the men, you are invited to come. Yeah, there's the Amazon. Get Amazon Prime. It's actually worth it because you save in shipping. But if you buy a lot on Amazon, then you'll shave it. You'll save in shipping. Um. <laughs> yeah, can you change your name and become a Das? Well. I don't know if they've discussed transgender, if transgender men, women who've become men, if that's allowed or not. That's, um, but you only have like 12 hours to change your gender. So I don't know how to do that. I've never done it before. I don't know if you want to do it. But it's almost worth it, Jyotirmayi. <laughs> but... You know, I can't go to the women's retreats, and you know, so it's just we. There's some limitations, so there it is. Yeah, so all you guys, click on that, and see. It'll tell you everything, and and if you want to come, just register, and if you if you can offer donation, that would be really good. Um, whatever you could give, and then once you register, you'll get the all the information, and then you can get the schedule, and the schedule is on the website, and then you can attend. Kirtan's the classes. Uh, Gauravani's going to be doing Kirtan. Amalaharinam. Yadanath's doing jokes. Bhakti Mark Swami's doing a drama. They're going to do a drama. Oh my God, they're actually doing a drama. We're going to get to see the drama. Partha Prabhu is speaking. Who else is speaking? Uh, Chaitanya Chandra. Chaitanya Charan from India. Sutapa from, uh, from the manor. They're going to be talking about celibacy and brahmachari life. Um, Parta is going to be speaking. He's part of the Grihas division team. He's going to be speaking. I forget what he's speaking about. Bhutabhavana, a, a disciple of 
Bhaktivedanta Swami, who's a very powerful speaker, self-development. He's going to be speaking, and uh, I'm not sure who else is going to be speaking, but don't miss it. And Hare Krishna to all of you. And uh, you look at my Facebook or look at my website to see my schedule. Lots of lots of things happening this weekend. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So I will be, I will be speaking on the retreat, on tomorrow night at seven. I'm speaking from seven to eight thirty, on a very very important topic, um, and a very difficult topic. And a topic that would make all the women uncomfortable. So I won't tell you what it is. But when I start telling my wife. What I'm talking about, it makes her really, don't tell me, it makes me uncomfortable. It's a topic, um, it's a challenge that men deal with. Um, it's a big challenge. And uh, it's a difficult topic to talk about, but it's an important topic. So I'll be talking about that topic. Uh, you kind of can tell what it is. Okay, thank you all for coming today. We will see you. When we see you, yeah, and we have Japa at, in, in one hour and 22 minutes, is that correct? 22 or 12? It's 22 minutes. One hour and 22 minutes, we're going to be chanting Japa. You're all welcome to come. See you there. Hare Krishna. <laughs>